welcome to the sixth episode of Beyond the Baselines, where music and sports collide. I'm Brianna Cooper. And I'm Leanne Strollo. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about rivalries, which are huge in both music and sports. Yes. More so in sports, so fair warning. I'm so excited. This is a sports-heavy episode. <laughs> um, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start with music, though, and then have a yes. big chunk of sports afterwards. Um, so everyone knows the rivalry between the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Um, and a lot of that has to do with their fan base. So the Rolling Stones had a much more predominantly male fan base, whereas the Beatles, you've seen the videos, had like screaming girls all the time. They had male fans, obviously. But um, the real rival for the Beatles was Dean Martin. Um, so and part of that was generational because parents listened to crooners like Dean Martin and Sinatra and their kids were listening to the Beatles. Um, and then we've come full circle to the parents who listen to the Beatles, hate whoever their kids Post are Malone. listening to. Yeah, I mean, the well, post. there is something to be said about, not, I do like Post Malone, but, like, there's something to be said for the, like, quality of music, too. It's like, some of them I, I justify, like. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, it just, it all comes full circle. Like, your parents are never going to like what you listen to. You're not going to like what your kids listen to. That's just what's yeah. going to happen. Well, for the Beatles, um... A, a large part of it, too, you had crooners like Dean Martin um, and, like, Bing Crosby, who now they're these four British kids with long hair and guitars, and they were doing something completely different with it than what they were doing and getting all the attention, and so it was like, oh, shit, like, what are we going to do? Um, and so on the Dean Martin show, um, there was a song parodist named Alan Sherman, um, and uh, the singer Vic Damone. And Dean Martin saying, I hate the Beatles to the tune of Pop Goes the Weasel and was attacking what they perceived to be like a lack of rhythmic and music rhythm and so musical weird. talent. It's very weird. It's actually easy to find on YouTube, too. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I definitely think you have a broader, way broader knowledge of like older generations of music. So every time you say something or you like you tell a story about it, I always try to relate it to like something now. And that's like very. Uh, Lil Pump, I guess, whatever, put out, like, a two-minute uh, song called Fuck J. Cole. <laughs> and J. Cole was like, why? <laughs> like, why do you hate me? And it also, like, makes I mean, me think of that. I feel like if Lil Pump hates you, you're probably doing something yeah, right. You're, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the rival rivalry didn't stop there. Um, so this is coming from EddieDeason.com. He's a music blogger. Um, Ricky Martin, who was Dean Martin's son, in the 60s was just like every other teenager and was obsessed with the Beatles and played them on the turntable every chance he got. Um, and there's a quote from Dean Martin where he told his son, I'm going to knock your pallies off the charts. And that's exactly what he did. So on August 15th, 1964, Dean Martin's single Everybody Loves Somebody Sometime knocked a hard day's night out of the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. So I, I do think overall the Beatles won that rivalry. Um, probably. Yeah. You don't see, like, Dean Martin merchandise in the stores. I've never seen a Dean Martin shirt. At Hot Topic. Get on Oh, it. I would totally buy a Dean Martin <laughs> shirt. I love, like, I love both Dean Martin and the Beatles. I mean, it's, I'm in two very different moods when I listen to, yeah. to them, but, um. Both, both of them will pop up on my shuffle occasionally in between yeah. all the. Oh, and getting closer to the holiday season, like, Dean Martin 100%, is heavy yeah. on my rotation. 100%. Um. Yeah, but I think, you know, there, there's a lot to be said in this particular rivalry um, about just generations. And yeah. it's very much, 
and I'm sure it goes into sports as well, that parents and kids have mm-hmm. very different views on oh, sports. Oh, if you and- ask, I mean, my dad, if you ask any any older generation, you know, who's the best athlete of all time, they're probably going to pick somebody from their generation. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to be like, no, it's this person. It's, it's who, you, who you grew up watching. <laughs> yeah. And that's and- what, I mean, it's, it's actually something that me and my dad talk about a lot when we talk about sports and stuff like that. And it's just that you really, in my opinion, can't compare eras. Like, it's so much... I mean, sports have changed so much, the way that you play, how you play, like, rules even. You know, everything has changed so much that it's just so incredibly difficult to try to compare somebody that played baseball 100 years ago to somebody who plays now. Like, it's just a different sport. Yeah. So that's my kind of cop-out answer is, like, I can't compare eras, you know? Yeah, we were trying to do an episode about the glory days, and there was yeah. a conversation <laughs> of, like, what does the glory days mean for sports, though, because... I think yeah. it, And it's yeah. the same for music. Like, am I going to talk about Glenn Miller? I mean, he was great in his time, but, like, is yeah. he, you know, does it stand the test of time? Maybe it does. I don't yeah. know. And, I mean, and, and that's the one thing I do like about sports, though, is that, it, I mean, I was talking about this at work the other day, actually, that sports is, is one thing that, you know, yes, you can have an opinion. What's your favorite sport? Who's your favorite player? Stuff like that. But so much of sports comes down to numbers, and it really is fact that, you know, the, you, someone wins and someone loses, and, you know, there there's there is room for interpretation and... I mean, a lot of sport, like baseball is a huge sport that's left up to the, really the opinion of the umpire and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like everything's a number. And yeah. So you an think stats here. outweigh, like, so I guess to, to phrase that better, say there's a really good player on a really shitty team. I was going to say, I mean, are we talking about individual sports yeah. or not? Because I mean, team yeah, sports, you I mean, can be, I mean, one of my all-time favorite athletes uh, on my favorite hockey team is probably going to end up retiring without a Stanley Cup win, but he's a easy, you know, first-round Hall of Famer. And that Who? just... Oh, Henrik Lundqvist. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, I figured because I follow you on Twitter. Yes, but... So. Uh, yeah, so it's like, yeah, you can be a really good player on a shitty team, or vice versa. I mean, you can get carried by a really good team and have great stats, but, like, you know. So it's difficult. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a way multifaceted Well, it's the same with music in the sense of, like, and no offense to Ringo Starr... But, like, the Beatles are probably easily considered the best rock band of all time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> does Ringo deserve the credit for the best rock drummer of all time? Probably not. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, it's the same comparison of the whole you can't compare eras. Is like, you can't play a Dean Martin song right next to a Post Malone song and be able to tell me which one's better and which one has, you know, it's two completely different, Yeah. you know, genres, styles. They're from, you know what I mean? It's just... To someone, one of them is going to be better, and to someone else, the other one's going to be better. It just that's how it is, you know. But um, I think kind of what you said about uh, the whole Beatles ended up winning that battle mm-hmm. uh, kind of relates easily to my one of my biggest thoughts on rivalries in general is just that like a rivalry has to be two sided. Um, I see a lot of I, the, the Patriots as they stand right now in the Tom Brady era is a great example of that is like, I mean, I'm sure you could find a fan from every other single NFL team would tell you that they're rivals with the Patriots, Yeah, but they're not, you know what I mean? Just because the Patriots come to town and they beat you yeah, doesn't make you rivals. Being, being a lifelong Hoosier, I love hearing Colts fans say that Patriots are our rivals. Like, no, we're just bad. No, like, like, yeah, we've, we've been very you bad you the don't last like few them. years. But Lux Arm is better now. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I they're on a five game win streak. I just I actually by the time this comes out, maybe they'll be on a six game win streak. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you. 
<laughs> three weeks too late, probably. Um, but yeah, that's why. Uh, so yeah, fair warning. I am a Yankees fan. Um, so I couldn't do this episode without talking about the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. You couldn't um, go an hour without talking about their Red Sox. That's true. Yankees Maybe Red when I'm sleeping. <laughs> probably not. Like a half um, hour a night. Yeah. That you get. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, yeah, so the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry is obviously one of my favorites to talk about. And I just think it really does have a good story. And most importantly to me is that I think it is legitimately a rivalry. Um, Since 1919, either one or both of these teams have been in the playoffs um, up until 2014. So, like, almost 100 years, 95 years straight one of these teams you know or both were in the playoffs constantly contending with each other I mean of course there are good years and bad years and you know but pretty consistently over the course of 100 years the stats are pretty even I mean obviously not when you consider World Series championships <clears throat> wow. but um am I standing under no. an umbrella because that was some shade <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm definitely I'm not trying to be one of those you know 27 ring people but i know if i say oh, i still like how oh, you the stats are pretty even and then they're like uh no i still like how you have. said 27 <laughs> rings like you specified i'm not one of those 27 ring people oh no but that's but that's no well, that's i mean that's what you're classified as if you just run around yelling about well we have 27 rings i hate those kind of yankee fans too though because it's like i really don't care what a team did in the 20s if you're trying to talk about how we are today as a team it just doesn't make sense um, but I just did want to give a, a warning to, you know, I'm going to sit here and say, oh, the stats are pretty even. And someone somewhere is going to be like, no, they're not because the Yankees have this. Like, I know. Thank you. How many World Series the Yankees won? But anyway, um, I think they're both, you know, they're both in the same division. They're both always at the top of the division. It's a good rivalry. And, you know, and it does go beyond the actual game. Um, I just think in general, you know, being someone that lived most of my life in New York, like, and I'm sure it's the same in Boston. Is like you just grow up knowing that you don't like these people, <laughs> which I don't know if every city has that you know feeling or whatever. Like you just you kind of grow up with like a no matter w- what you're doing, what you like, like you're like ah oh, those Boston people I don't yeah. like. Patriot Patriots jerseys get weird looks in Indiana. All the Patriots time. get, uh, but see that's what you can't really consider the Patriots because that happens everywhere. Everybody hates them. Yeah, except for um, Patriots fans. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You go to Boston, it's a whole nother ball game. I mean. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Um, yeah, like really quick, I will tell a story of uh, my brother plays hockey, and we went. He used to uh, when he was in like not little league, like younger league. Um, every year, our their like tournament, uh, their yearly like tournament, whatever, um, was always in Boston. Everybody drives up there, goes. One of the dads on the team had like a. It was like a vanity plate that had like a Yankees thing on it. And it, I mean, it was super low key. It was not like he rolled in there with like, you know, a pinstriped out yeah. car or anything. It was just, it was basically like a little Yankee sticker, got a brick thrown through his car window. Like, you know, and it's not to say that there aren't like asshole fans on both sides. I know there are. But it's like, that's just the type of thing you're dealing with. It's yeah. like, this is how big <laughs> this rivalry is. That you just kind of grow up hating these people, you know? Um, but the most important thing, obviously, about the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry is where it all started. And I don't even think you know. <laughs> I don't think I do. So if I said the curse of the great Bambino, what do you think that means? Something Italian. But I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, you know who Babe Ruth is. I'm not going to no. insult you there. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, John Goodman played him. I know. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Well, did you know? I mean, you probably know Babe Ruth played for the Yankees because that's mm-hmm. where he most notably played, but he also played for the Red Sox. Did you know that? Um, no, I don't think I did. I think I was <laughs> drunk watching Sports Center one time and they said it, but um, so basically, no. the, the the beginning rumblings of this rivalry began in 1919 when the uh, great Bambino, that's Babe Ruth, played for the Red Sox. Oh, Bambino is Babe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just showing all her, her audience how fucking dumb I am. <laughs> oh, that's Babe Ruth? Um, yeah, so he played for the Red Sox, um, and then in 1919 was sold to the Yankees for, like, I mean, a cheap amount of money in the long run, knowing that he, you know, probably is the best player to play baseball, um, or he's regarded as so at least. Um, it was, like, him, a couple other guys, I think, for, like, a chunk of money, Pretty standard, you know, I think, until the Red Sox never won a World Series again until <laughs> 2004. So they went 86 years without a World Series, which I know you're a Cubs fan. You're like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was a pretty big deal. And they kind of blamed the the selling of the greatest baseball player ever for that, that, you know, the Yankees go on to win a bunch, you know, forever and the Red Sox just always you know seem the to magic fall up number. short. <laughs> you said it earlier. <laughs> I know. But, um, you know, and, and I mean, even like, I mean, there's, I was talking about it today again at work to the uh, the Billy Buckner play. Do you know that? No. So that's actually a mess. I like how all the time, though, you talk about, oh, I was talking about sports at work. Like, people are going to think that you just, like, don't do anything. I do, well, I work, I do work, like, I mean, my job is, uh, like, a sports facility. I know, so. it just, if you didn't know that, like, she doesn't do anything. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know, I'm just, we're talking about sports all the time. But, um, yeah, so Billy Buckner was a Met, actually, who we, the Yankees fans, I think we've kind of all adopted him, and we love and support him for what he did for us. Um, because in 1986, uh, the Mets won their second World Series, and it was against the Red Sox, and there's a famous play, which I do feel really bad for the guy that he had a long career and he's forever going to go down as the guy that let the ball go through his legs. <laughs> Solid. Um, or no, I'm sorry. I said he was a Met. He was a, um, on the Red Sox, obviously <laughs> the play makes sense. Oh, um, but okay. they were playing the Mets. Um, and yeah, let the ball go through his legs. And I mean, not to say that that, uh, you know, made them lose the world series. It's not like, Oh, the one flip of that play is gonna, um, you know, make them win. But but it, 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 was a, it was a big deal. You know, run scored, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we love and appreciate that play. It stopped the Red Sox <laughs> from winning another World Series. Uh, or not, yeah, like another World Series after so long. But yeah, um, they ultimately went 86 years with that one. So I think that that's a long enough time that I understand the hate brewing <laughs> yeah. for the team that you sold. Um, How many yeah. rings were won under Babe Ruth? You know, like by for the Yankees. The, for the Yankees, I genuinely don't know that. Um, mm-hmm. a, a decent amount. I can look it up. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> Someone's like dumbass. It's this many. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you better stop me because I will go. I will go on and on about the Yankees and the Red Sox. Well, this is a more I won't say lighthearted, but it's a more interesting music rivalry. And I talked briefly about it in an earlier episode. Um, but didn't really go into much detail. Um, David Bowie versus Jimmy Page. Do you know about this one? Um, I don't think so. Well, to preface it, um, cocaine is one hell of a drug, kids. 
Uh, and David Bowie was on a lot of it in the 70s. So Really quick, it was seven. I really would have guessed five, but it was seven. Wasn't he it? won seven yeah. rings with the Yankees. Nice. So oh, no, no, no. Okay, one, two, three, four with the Yankees. Three. I had to do math there for a second to figure out what We all know that's not Yeah, I, I'm not going to Yeah, But seven overall. So he was a good player, guys. That's yeah. the end of the story. Babe Ruth, good player. <laughs> but with David Bowie and Jimmy Page, um, Jimmy Page in the 70s and probably a little bit still today, I don't know, um, was really into magic with a K, like dark magic. Um, and uh, in the 70s, Aleister Crowley, who was the, I don't know if you, I, I think he's the founder of Satanism, or he's at least the godfather of it, <laughs> if that's a phrase. Um, Jimmy Page actually outbid David Bowie um, to buy one of his houses, Aleister Crowley's houses, which uh, I wouldn't want to live in one of his uh, houses, but whatever. Um, and Bowie, like I said, was on just crazy amounts of drugs, mainly cocaine, super paranoid. Um, Mick Wall, who's a music uh, biographer, he wrote in When Giants Walked the Earth, which is a, a book about Led Zeppelin, um, that in the early 70s, Bowie and Page were in a room together, and Bowie was fascinated by Page's, quote, powerful aura, and uh, Bowie, who was on cocaine, thought Page was manipulating his soul and freaked out and asked him to leave. And that led to, like, a several-year, like, panic attack about Jimmy Page trying to steal his soul and just messing with him spiritually. Um, which didn't really affect the music. I mean, David Bowie's music in the 70s was definitely trippy because of probably the drug. Oh, that and he was just a, kind of a weird dude. If you've seen Labyrinth. I mean, he didn't write it, but, like, he was a weird dude. Um, Labyrinth is also one of my favorite movies, so I can't really talk. But, um, I don't know, it's just weird how, like, a lot of the bad things or weird things seem to go back to Jimmy Page. Yeah, we were talking about this a lot yeah. in the previous episode. Yeah, he's, like, a child, I don't, I don't want to say, like, a, a rapist, but, like, he's a I statutory mean, rape. not 18, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like that's a heavy, like, I don't know. It's probably a deserved title. Yeah, I mean... I don't want to get sued is the bigger thing. <laughs> That's... Yeah, okay. Yeah. it's <laughs> valid. According to Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, right? Not us. Um, we didn't say anything. Yeah, I just I just heard about it from Rolling Stone. That's where I heard about it. I read a really good... Rolling Stone just did a really good article on Sean Mendes, which I know is just... Peter Doyle wrote that, didn't not read. Peter Doyle. Patrick Doyle. <laughs> Patrick Doyle See? from Rolling Stone oh, wrote that. I don't even know, but yeah. yeah, I was reading that. It was good. I heard it was really good. I haven't Recommend. read it. I don't know who Sean Mendez is. He's to be like uh, I probably, he's a pop singer. I probably do really know good. him. I just don't. You definitely know his song if you heard it, but you just, yeah. Okay. I don't know. He's pretty good. I like him. Not bad. What's the next sports rivalry? Ah, uh, my favorite. I know I pre- I think I just said that the Red Sox Yankees was my favorite, <laughs> but they're all my favorite. This is definitely, if not, it depends on the time you ask me. I will say this is my favorite, and it is a Olympics year, so definitely a favorite of mine. And it is USA Canada, but more specifically within the realm of women's hockey, which I also love a lot. Um, so in 1998 in the Olympics. Uh, Canada won the first gold medal um, within women's hockey for them. So they kind of, or no, I'm sorry, USA won the first. I'm like switching all my things right now. Like I, I don't know, I had like a vision of like a Canada jersey, but 
Anyway, um, yeah, so USA won the, the very first um, uh, gold Olympic, Olympic gold medal for women's hockey, but then Canada proceeded to win the next four, kind of dominating the sport. Um, everybody kind of always knew it was going to come down to USA and Canada, but it was still always a great game um, between... Uh, like as as of right now in 2018, if you look back through their last nine meetings, only three of them don't go to overtime or a shootout. So it's pretty intense hockey. It's clearly very evenly matched throughout time. Um, but for some reason at the Olympics, Canada just seems to always pull through and win. Um, if anybody knows, like 2014 was just like so close. I mean, it just it was heartbreaking, especially as a USA, USA fan, obviously. It was super heartbreaking every time to watch, and you're just like, you're so close, and you're constantly going to overtime, you're constantly going to shootouts. Um, but I think because the rivalry is so good, and all of the players are just really good, high-quality athletes, that it, it kind of does something really good for the sport, um, especially within women's sports and women's hockey, which is something that needs help, um, you know, both financially, but like with viewers, it's just, it's very hard to like the sport unless you're super into it because you never really know where to watch it, how to get it, where to see it, you know, what, what it's all about. It's, it's a lot easier, obviously, to just turn on TV and know that football is going to be on. You yeah. Know? Um, so I think that did a lot for it because it got a lot of people. I mean, the Olympics is a time, I think, overall that a lot of people get into stuff they wouldn't normally be watching or like, oh, it's on. So I'm going to, you know, watch this, and that's yeah. how people get into it. I only watch bobsledding, like, during, <laughs> during the Olympics. I mean, you know, it, it is a joke, but and I know a lot of people joke about me liking curling, but, like, I genuinely enjoy curling. And, like, figure skating is a, a thing that I try to watch, like, all of the championship uh, stuff for. And it's, like, again, probably not a lot of people watching figure skating, n- not in an Olympics year, yeah. you know, in July. <laughs> like, but I, it's something that I try to, you know, make for myself, like, oh, I'm going to seek this out and try to watch it. Um, because I'm super interested in it. And I think, um, again, this is gonna be my <laughs> episode reference to my dad, but he not that he ever really had anything against like women's hockey, but he just I mean he he's not as big of a hockey fan at all as me in general. Um, probably wouldn't watch it if it wasn't for me at all, but he watched the Olympics with me and was like, Wow, this is great. Like, you know, mm-hmm. these women are great, like this is awesome, and like is into it now. And I think that happens for a lot of people that wouldn't normally be watching a sport, um, you know, to turn it on the Olympics, find out it's really good, and then uh, and like it afterwards. Um, so in this Olympics that we had earlier this year, USA finally won again um, after their 20-year drought, and it was freaking awesome, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Went to a shootout. It was like the sickest shootout goal ever. Um, I'm not. I'm not big on of the ESPY awards, but shout out to them because the USA-Canada game, despite being on NBC in America at, like, 2 in the morning because of the time zone, you know, whatever, was still, like, one of the top-rated events ever. What are the ESPYs? Uh, they're, like, the ESPN, like, sports awards. I don't oh, know okay. what it stands for. Gotcha. I could have a whole other episode about how I hate, like, award shows. <laughs> um, but I don't really think me they... on the other hand, like live tweets award shows. Yeah. I I yeah, that's a whole other rant. But um Okay. They did well no, I don't mean your tweets, I just mean like how much I don't like award shows and I don't think they count for anything. But um says the bitter fan of like the second place <laughs> probably <laughs> every time. But um no, I they did that game did win a game of the year 
um, which is awesome. That got a lot of backlash. Didn't it did get I, a lot of backlash. I vaguely because, remember that. Yeah, because women. Yeah, because women. Who's yeah. watching women's sports? Blah, blah blah. And it's like you know, what? I love the people that were like. Well, because everyone was saying in comparison to the last game of the World Series, which, like, baseball is my favorite sport. I loved the World Series when the Astros won. It was awesome. I couldn't tell you the score of the last game. Yeah. I really, it took me a minute to remember that they were playing the Dodgers. Like, I was like, what? I think, and I could tell you everything that happened. Yeah, I think not to take away game. from the Astros win, but I think a lot of it had to do with the hurricane. That, like, you know, oh, yeah. Texas needed And, I mean, that's a and... big, like, I was in full support of that. Like, to this day, I still remember... Um, one of the pictures that came out after was like some someone sitting on like a milk crate in an empty like flooded room but like their tv was like sitting up on boxes or something and they're watching the world series and like that's the type of thing that I think of when I think of like why I love sports in general and like that sports is always so much bigger than just oh yeah you know oh god a game when the TV. Cubs made it to game seven we had like a picture of my grandpa propped up like yeah like that is it just it's a it's just so much bigger than you know the yeah. players on the field at the time and and it's I mean, not yeah thing. like not to take anything Typically. away from the astros and stuff like that but it's just i mean this it, the same could be said for the women's hockey team I mean, you've got this team who like a lot of these players played in most of those games where they just consistently came up in second place every time and were so close and you know a lot a lot of women went out there and said like with or without a win this is the last time i'm gonna be here you know stuff like that and also too the usa team had just um recently got on strike um like almost a year earlier that they weren't gonna play uh in the world championships that was held in america um they went on strike because they were not getting paid enough like people were saying that they were like in danger of sleeping in their cars and you know oh, they have three jobs and these are professional athletes that are going three, to the olympics three jobs on top of hockey or like um, i mean either way it's ridiculous yeah there's but... I, I have read a bunch of stories about like professional women's hockey players who have like a full-time day job, like, a part-time job, and then, like, at night they go and play hockey. And it's, like, these are professionals. Like, these are the best women in the world, and yet they're still not making a livable wage. Like, it just, you know. And they finally demanded it, um, you know, ahead of them hosting a tournament that, you know, I mean, because, and obviously that that does force someone to pay them because it's, like, hey, how is USA going to host this tournament? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and USA is not going to play in it. Like, it's bad looks. Um, shout out to the NHL for one good thing, finally. Um, <laughs> they, they actually put up the money for the USA team. Um, but yeah, I think that, and, and it, I'm not going to sit here and compare hurricane versus poverty stories and say which one's worse and which one's more important and everything, but um, that game deserved it. <laughs> the yeah. gold medal game was unbelievably amazing. Um, and they just, yeah, so it won an SB. This <laughs> was the point of all that. Um and so, you know, that's something to be said that look forward in four years and we'll see what well, happens there. You know what the best sports rivalry ever is, though? What? Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Oh, God. Sorry. I just started reading the Harry Potter series for the first time. It's been heavy on it my is mind. It's 2018. Friendly reminder. Like, yeah. this isn't, <laughs> you didn't jump 15 know. years in the past. She is just. Entering the world of Harry Potter for the first time. It explains a lot about me, though, that when my 12-year-old friends were reading Harry Potter, I was reading, like, Stephen King. I was reading, like, both of them. I I don't know. I just read... I remember I was, like, 12 when I read Carrie, and I was, like, terrified of puberty. I loved... Yeah. (laughs) I read that, too, when I was Like, does that really happen? Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, I just... I don't even know with you and the Harry Potter thing. 
I'll keep you updated. I'm like live tweeting my <laughs> oh, Harry Potter experience. And I think, I mean, I did say when she first told me that, that she was doing it, I just was like, if there's one thing that I could go back and like erase from my mind just to re put it in my mind would be the Harry <laughs> Potter series. Like it's Eloquent. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Me as always. <laughs> <laughs> to your mind though, is the, Yankees, Red Sox, the greatest rivalry, or USA, Canada, or is there another one? Um, I'm giving you a segue here. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, if you're asking my personal opinion, I the Yankees are my one and like number one team. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say one and only. They're by far not my only team. Um, but my my like first team that I ever loved. So to me, that's that holds a lot of weight. But um, I think USA Canada is a really good like healthy rivalry, and I think. Uh, as much as the Yankees Red Sox is really good and both teams are still really good, I mean the the curse is over. The Red Sox have won. Ugh, it pains me to say. We that. were in Land Sharks <laughs> when they won, I believe, or when not won? not when they run the one the World Series or they won a game. Oh, because the I Red was, Sox just win won a regular. They, like, no, they won like a World Series game. game. I forget which game it was. You probably wouldn't remember. I don't think they did when I was. I watched all of them when I was home. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Thinking of something else, yeah. But I, yeah, no, because I know I watched all those when I was home. Um, (laughs) Me knows exactly. Doesn't know what I ate for breakfast this morning, but I know where I was during this game. Um, Yeah, I I mean, personally, I gotta say Yankees Red Sox just because that's just it's like a part of me almost. Um, But USA Canada is really good. but neither of which are regarded as the best rivalry in the world. Um, within good reason, uh, I did a lot of kind of, I looked at like a million like listicles of the best rivalries in the world and all that stuff. And uh, number one, a lot of the time is from a sport that I really don't like, um, which is rare for me because I like a lot of sports. But Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali is pretty much considered one of the best, if not the best, rivalry in the world of sports, and within good reason. Um, They were originally uh, booked for a fight that was going to be considered the fight of the century. That's what it was called, Um, which, I mean, it really was. Uh, The the big deal with them is that they both were undefeated heavyweight heavyweight champions, which can't happen, you know what I mean? Because, like, if one's a champion, you know what I mean, typically speaking. Yeah. However, um, it, there was a special scenario because Muhammad Ali had his titles stripped uh, because of his whole political, religious affiliation. That's another podcast. Um, but, yeah, he had his heavyweight uh, champions, championships stripped or whatever, so he was no longer the heavyweight champion. So they both were technically considered the heavyweight champion of the world, and so what do you do? You have them fight because one of them's got to lose if you put them head to head, you know. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was a tie. <laughs> We've been here for forty hours. <laughs> Keep fighting. Um, but yeah, so the fight of the century was held in one of my favorite places in the world, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Ugh. I should have my bucket list to go there. I just, of course, it is. Um, but you just said it's one of your favorite places and you're attacking me for wanting to go. no, that was, like, serious. Oh, like, of course it, oh, I gotcha. Yes, like, of course, a finally not sarcastic comment, (laughs) actually. Um, 
Frazier ended up winning the first, which is why a lot of people say he's the best. I mean, they say he's the best for more reasons than just one fight. But uh, if you ask people who the best boxer is, probably are going to say him. Uh, but yeah, he beat Muhammad Ali in that first round. Um, but they went on to play or play <laughs> to box two more times uh, in which Muhammad Ali won both of those. So I don't know, you know. He beat him twice. Beat him twice, but do you consider, you know, the fight of the century is the fight of the century, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, and and obviously with boxing things are very different. Well, that goes back. It's not there's not a standard season or whatever. You know, fights come up as they do. I was saying and, that goes back to your stats thing. I mean, statistically, who was better, Frazier or Ali? Well, they like at the time of that fight, they were both undefeated. Okay, well, okay, but Ali had more wins then, right? If he beat Frazier twice. Like, well, yeah, between the two of them, yeah. I yeah. mean, but that's... So statistically... That's what I'm saying. So statistically, if you took the three fights... Yeah, because yeah, fight of the Ali century is, is just like a thing yeah, that somebody just, made up. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, and that that's why it's a Playing debate. devil's advocate, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the point, you know? Yeah. Um, that's the only reason we do this podcast <laughs> is just to yell at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's just, that's, it's a good, it's one of those situations where you clearly have two of the best players, two of the best people in a situation, putting them up against each other. Um, and I just think it's a really unique situation in that they were both undefeated when they faced each other. I mean, that doesn't happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have that much to say on it, shockingly. I know after the last two, I went off, but I'm not, I'm personally not a huge boxing fan, so. I, you know, it's sort of like football, and again, I mean, I probably wouldn't like boxing anyway, but it's sort of like football to me in the sense of like, and this might get a lot of hate uh, on on the social medias, but... Um, on the Twitter. Do, does the harm outweigh the fun, you know what I mean? Because like, there are so many football players who are just messed up. Yeah. And like boxers I, too, cause they, and it's like, I know it's entertaining at the time, but these men go on to like have terrible diseases and disabilities because of what they went through on the field or the the ring. Honestly, I mean, when it comes to the whole concept of concussion protocol and that kind of stuff within, I mean, I think the two biggest sports that we talk about it with now are uh, football and hockey. And I think we've talked about this before, but for me, like, it's really easy to be like, well, they know what they're getting themselves into, which I do understand that to an extent. I mean, nobody plays any sport without the idea of like, hey, I could get hurt doing this. Yeah. But I think, you know, especially in the case of the NFL, finding out about the severity of CTE and stuff like that and keeping it from the players is another another ball game. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you or know that the players don't know the severity of the situation and you're covering it up, that's the part that's wrong. You know what I mean? Because then mm-hmm. it's no longer a case of they know what they're getting themselves into. They really don't. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's obvious that, like, nobody gets into boxing and is like, well, I'm never going to get punched in the face. You know, like, yeah. obviously that's going to happen. Um, so it's like, where do you draw the line of how much do you let these people do it, uh, un- until, you know, if they do know the full severity of the situation, then it is up to risk, um, that they're personally taking. And, and I mean, not to say that, you know, of course everybody likes a good hockey fight and everybody likes, you know, I mean, I'm the first person to be excited when there's, like, a bench-clearing brawl in baseball, you know. That's part of what you like about it, but 
that's not the the be all end all of sports for me. It's really one of the more background parts of it. Like I I kind of at this point in in time, like when I'm watching a hockey game and there's a fight and it's like starts to get long and they're just kind of wrestling around. Like I, it's boring to me. <laughs> I don't really enjoy it, you know. And I think that's a lot. And I know like people who like boxing and fighting and all that will be like, oh, you're just uncultured and you don't get it. But I really don't get it. I, like, I'll admit people, to it. Like, I don't get it. I don't like it. just watching two men beat the shit out of each other. You don't get it. You're uncultured. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and I do understand that it takes a talent, and it is definitely a sport, and it's, you know, everything else, and I'll give it its credit. I just don't get it, and I'm, I'm not a fan. But. Well, it's, yeah, whenever I, again, being a lifelong Hoosier, when I say I don't like car racing, everyone's like, oh, my God. See, I, like, I get car racing. I like that. I just don't get um, it. I'm like, you're just watching them turn. <laughs> they go straight in between the turns. Okay. Oh, is there an update on that, uh, the driver? The oh, young yes. woman? Um, apparently she... What's her is, name? I can't remember her Sophia name. Sophia Forsh, I believe. Okay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. She is increasingly European. <laughs> so, I don't know. Increasingly European. <laughs> I guess increasingly. was it? She's very European. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Increasingly European. That's I mean, my favorite okay. phrase ever. <laughs> to be fair, the longer she lives... The more increasingly European she's getting, that's she's kind existing. of accurate. I don't know. I, I stretched that. I made it work. Um, <laughs> that's how you graduated college. You just bullshit your yeah, way through. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, she is. If you don't know, um, there was recently a crash, and I don't even know genuinely what uh, was was really going on. Um, but like, I mean, if you see this video, she like flew off the track like car was in air like feet and like above, i know they you know. go fast but oh they go damn. faster than you could ever imagine though and she was uh she, she should fracture her spine i don't know if that's i mean watching it of course you're like yeah but they do have they prepare for yeah that kind of stuff um she's apparently avoided paralysis completely she had to get surgery but they you know she said there was no fear of paralysis which is just amazingly that's incredible good. if you watch the video you're yeah. you really are like how is she not dead that's good i i will say um in term could you imagine getting a job and that being in the prep work like okay you might also, fly into I'm a building not in your mistaken, car and she was 17 yeah she's very young yeah, like very young and i because i remember reading something about her like a year ago um, that was basically like, look at this sixteen-year-old female driver that's like hitting the scene. So what the like, hell? Oh, Does she just really get cool. her license? Oh, and she's not. American. I mean, you can. Okay. Well, not only that. I mean, it's different if you're you're. I mean, you don't technically need a license to to be a race car driver. It's that's not a weird a ass public loophole. street. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really need a license yeah. to go hundred miles an hour. You think they're going hundred miles an well, hour? Well, okay, faster than that. <laughs> I, exactly. Um, if they were going hundred miles an hour, her car would have stayed on the track. Um. But, yeah, I mean, it's not a public street, so they, I guess, yeah. there's some Verdict's out, like, does she have a license? Let's find her. Tweet her. But, yeah. Well, that's From not, I know, she's she's safe and That's That's not a rivalry, but it's a sports update that I knew something about. Yeah, there So we go. I just wanted there to contribute to throw the, those in. Yeah. So this was episode six, where we talked about rivalries and a little bit more. Uh, the next episode that's going to be coming your way is our Christmas episode. Or holiday episode, depending on what you want to call it. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and if there's anything else you want to hear us rant about or argue with each other about, uh, hit us up on Twitter. And until then, we'll see you the next time we go beyond the baselines. You did it this time. I know. I'm proud of myself.